This is The Right Connection. This podcast is designed to help you choose the right words and stories in your business content to create authentic connections with prospects, clients, partners, and colleagues. Now the host of The Right Connection, Catherine Burroughs. From trauma to triumph, Valerie Ward has seen it all. She is a published author, speaker, and expert who works with people all over the world. She brings you on a decluttering journey to declutter more than just your space. Listen in as I chat with Valerie. I'm sure you'll love it as much as I did. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to The Right Connection. How are you today? I'm pretty amazing. What about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Would you like to tell us about your business and what you do? Of course. So just a little bit to start. You see, I'm feeling amazing and I'm resilient because I'm living the happy life I want, the life I created. I own and run a company called Do Well, where we help people overcome trauma and torture. And I've done that for over five years now. So to get you in context, I have my business with my husband. That is my prince charming husband. You know, I met him in a spiritual retreat when I was 16 years old. So fast forward a couple of years later, we foster children with disability and we strongly advocate for them. And not only we bring them in different activity, but we have them met with monkeys. We ride an elephant. We saw alligators with them. We really have them experience life. Because often people with disability are kind of put on the side instead of living all those experiences. So we were really wanting to have them grow. And recently, I won a public speaking contest, and I decided to provide the prize to a charity that provides service dog for veterans, because it's a cause that is really close to my heart, as my husband is a veteran. So, but it wasn't always that way. At one point in my life, I couldn't remember the most special moment of my life. I couldn't remember the first kiss. I couldn't remember the first time my children walked, for example. It was like if I was cut off from happiness. I had flashbacks, nightmares, and even self-harm. And I knew these were all signs of trauma. And I was trying to heal my trauma. I was doing what my doctor was saying, you know, going therapy, talking therapy, medication therapy, EMDR, but I wasn't getting any better. And at one point, the doctor told me he didn't know how to help me. And he also told me that I will just get worse with the year. Can you imagine that? Your life is already a nightmare. And the doctor told you it will just get worse. Sounds very discouraging, very frustrating. It was. And over that one day, my mom arrived by surprise at home and I had all my grocery bag in the entrance. Like I just arrived from doing my grocery and she looked at me and she said, Val, I don't understand. Why do you need that much pasta? Are you cooking for an army? And I just <laughs> tell you my husband was military, you know? <laughs> so obviously she was teasing me. But when she left and I put away my grocery inside my pantry, what I realized is I have maybe 50 bucks of pasta, 15 cans of peaches, and 20 pounds of flour. I was hoarding food. I look around the house, 
and items were still in their shopping bags with tags still on. There were empty boxes piled up. My kids had more toys than at daycare. I had more clothes than I ever need, like three size up in case I gain weight and three size down in case I lose weight. <laughs> so that's representing tons of pair of jeans and shoes and shirt and all of that. It takes no a lot one. of space. It takes a lot of space because trauma has a way of coming out that is unexpected. And you know what? There's a link between trauma and clutter. And at that time, I wasn't realizing it. I was just accumulating. But one night, my husband came back home and he had received a transfer notice. So that means we will be moving. Can you imagine when the movers came to give their estimate? They look at me and they say, we cannot move your stuff. What? You can't move my stuff? You're movers. Yes, but you have to get rid of at least half the stuff. And I said, at least. So yeah, there were definitely a problem there. So we had three months before the moving date. It was too much. You know, clutter doesn't accumulate like that. It doesn't leave like that neither. So my husband had to move first to her future house. And I stayed behind with her two toddlers to declutter. So the night my husband left, I was devastated. I put the children to bed and I sat in front of her storage room and something really unusual had happened. I started crying and I hadn't cried for many, many years. I thought to myself, I can't believe we piled up so much stuff. I even said to myself in French, qu'est-ce que je vais faire avec tout ça? Which means, what am I going to do with all of this? Where to start? How long would it take? Does that mean I'm going to throw away some good stuff? How could I do it on my home while taking care of the children while we were not able to do it before that? I was, you know, stuck with a lot of questions. I was exhausted. And it sounds like a very overwhelming place to be. It was. I was even asking myself, am I a hoarder? You know what? We see in the TV show. But we can circulate in my house and we can play and we don't have piles that we see up. It's just that my cupboard and my closet and my storage room are so packed that you cannot add an eraser. So that night was really a pivoting moment for me. I cried for hours because I really had enough. I knew I need to change something. So the following morning or in the following days following that, I started to declutter, but I started really on a schedule at the beginning, like 30 minutes a day. Of course, at one point I had to increase that level because we had so much to declutter. But what I realized is when I touch the item, I'm getting in touch with my emotion. I was not only crying or yelling, but I was smiling. I was feeling more energetic and I even even didn't need a nap in the afternoon anymore. So after hours, day, weeks of decluttering, it became easier and easier to decide whether or not to keep an item, but also all the energy and the sense of freedom that I experienced. I had fewer negative thoughts, less nightmare, and almost no more flashbacks. That's amazing. 
Yeah, the more I was decluttering, the better I was feeling. So I began to understand that there's a really strong link between your state of mind and your environment. Like clutter is damaging your mental health. So this is eventually I moved back with my husband and we were reunited, the family. And I kind of did some research and I became professional organizer and I really, really go deep down and realize that most of my clients or the people that were really struggling by decluttering were having trauma. So they were really in the same place that I was stuck a couple of years before. So with that, I built some programs and I built things to help people because it took me years to be able to get rid of trauma and to be able to feel better. And I want for people that they solve that faster than I did because I had nobody to guide me. So I really want to help people. Well, thank you for sharing that story. That's really brave that you went through it and that you shared the story here. How do you help your clients? If someone gets in touch with you, what's the process? So it's a four-step process because in every case, you know, people that try often before arriving to me, lots of therapy or medicine or what their doctor told them, but they always work either just on meditation or just in talk therapy or just in something else, but they didn't work on the four step together. Often they have tackled one of the four steps. They have tried decluttering, but the clutter came back. You know, like you do your garage in the fall, you put everything out, you're tired at the end of the day, you put everything back and it's worse again. Yes. <laughs> so to be sure that the clutter do not come back, okay, you need to work on those first steps. The first one is releasing the stress. Why releasing the stress? Because clutter, the way it's related with trauma, it's all with the amygdala. And this is the stress control in your brain. So if you don't release the stress, what will happen is people will start to declutter and they will have a panic attack, for example. They will touch their, I don't know, lawyer paperwork, and then they will come sweaty and they will feel bad. And then the, their heart will raise and they won't be able to continue to declutter. So they really need to work on that. And then they need to work on their mind. What I mean by decluttering their mind is often there's a little voice inside that is too often negative when you add trauma. So we need to learn to let go of that negative voice before being able to tackle the space. But, you know, I told you, clutter accumulates slowly. Decluttering is not fast. So if I told you today, you have to find three hours per day to do some decluttering, you will tell me you're crazy. <laughs> I don't have that time. Well, and if I'm already exhausted and overwhelmed and feeling ill from the trauma, that's so like I, too much. <laughs> so that third step is really working on the time. And when I say working on the time, it's working on the healthy habits and being able to make in our calendar some times that we are able to take care of ourselves and to declutter. So that's why my third step is the time. And finally, we can tackle the space and belongings. So that is when the fun began. But I can say that normally, let's say on a one-year program, we'll take 14 weeks in the first two steps 
maybe a month for the third step and the rest. So over six months, we'll be on decluttering the space because, you know, how many things you have in your makeup, in your bathroom? And then what about your clothes in your bedroom? And then your living room? What about those bookshelves? What about the kitchen and that pantry and the fridge and the freezer? Oh, the freezer is in the garage. Oh, there's some piles of Costco things in the garage too. One thing leads to another. Exactly. So, and to make sure to make peace with learning to let go, not only of the belongings, but let go of the past. Yes. So this is where it's so important. So that creates the healing that helps prevent the clutter from coming back. Exactly. Yeah, that's my first step process. I call it your decluttering journey, or I write it in my book and call it put that stuff down. That's great. Yes, we can definitely link to your book in the show notes. So, yeah. Do you have a favorite client story that you'd like to share? Obviously not with names, but. No, no, I have tons of story, but <laughs> about that one, we'll say, use the name Diane for today. That day, we were decluttering her closet. And I have, if you go in my social media and all of that, my seven secrets of decluttering that I often talk about. You can look on YouTube and all of that. But what I mean by that is one of the secrets is to do not touch your belongings when you declutter. Because if you touch your belongings, this is where it's connected to the limbic system of your brain. And this is, oh, it's auntie that gave it to me at my wedding. I cannot let go of that. That's my mom and she's so sick. I cannot let go of the card she gave me 15 years ago. And all those emotions and memories and things come in your mind when you touch. So if you put on a pair of gloves, for example, this is enough to break that connection but still be able to take objective decision. Wow. To go with my story, my point is we were doing her closet and she had put big yellow rubber gloves, you know, to do the dishes. Yes. So after a little while, she was warm, but it was working. She was letting go of half piece of clothes that she was evaluating. So it was working pretty well. And then she looked at me and she take off her glove. Poof. And I say, okay, let's take a break. No, 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 not at the price that I'm paying you. You know, money mindset is often something that is difficult for a lot of people. So I say, we should really take a pause. And then just start in five minutes. No worry, you know. No, 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 we continue. So she started to continue. And I look at my watch. And under two minutes, she passed 20 pieces of clothes and keep them out. Oh, wow. At least she kept them all. So then I look at her and say, okay, in the last two minutes, you didn't declutter one piece of clothes. And she looked at me and she said, really? And she started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Really laughing because it was so ridiculous, the difference between having and not wearing the gloves. That's incredible. It is. So, of course, she would take a little pause and she put on another pair of gloves and then she go back to the same 20 clothes and let's go of a third of them. So when you declutter, put on a pair of gloves. It's totally worth it. That is great advice. Thank you. 
So, yeah, I have a couple stories like that, you know, and because before COVID, we were decluttering in person and you think you will find something and you find something totally unusual. You know, you can find money in some books, you can find mouse, you can find <laughs> and toy I hidden somewhere that you don't know how it get there or sometimes even a piece of clothes, not telling you which one. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we have fun when we declutter. It sounds like there's quite a relationship and connection that you develop with your clients. Oh, yeah. And it's really, really important because my clients are going through so much things and they have been broken in their trust in their past. So rebuilding that trust is in the same process of learning to let go. So often when they finish working with me, they had created the life they want. They are able to be energetic and joyful and their house is mostly tidy, depending on how long we work together. You know, sometimes they say, okay, now I know the method. I will continue a bit on my home. But normally I see a huge, huge, huge difference. The transformation of my client is so amazing and their eyes are starting to sparkle, you know, and you hear it in their voice too. It's really, really, really fun. I really enjoy it. And they've learned to trust again as well by working with you and knowing that you have followed through on the commitment that you've made to them and that you've been able to help them in the way that you said you would. Yes. So that's... I have different programs that I, when I work with my clients, it's really depending. I have something that is one week up to a year program. <laughs> so in between, you have different steps that they can choose. So it's really depending on their own situation. So I highly encourage them to contact me and we have a little chat together and then we can figure out what is the best for them. And that must be based on the uh, how much clutter there is, what the degree of trauma is. Exactly. Yeah. Where their clutter is, is this just paper or is it like garbage inside or is it lots of uh, shopaholic? During COVID, a lot of things that happen is a lot of people start buying things more than usual because they didn't go out to the restaurant or they didn't go out to the movie theater. So they take the same budget and spend on more things. And it's so easy to buy online. You just click. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but is the stuff start to accumulate yeah. and then they feel stress and they are more tired because your brain is managing all the information around yourself, you know? Like I used to have seven bookshelves, minimum, full and double, you know, yeah. <laughs> of books. But every single item in your environment, even if you not focus on it, your brain is managing it. So you become more overwhelmed and tired. It's like going into a fair or an exposition. You know, you come back and you're completely exhausted because of all the yelling, the color, the music, the everything around, all the stimulation. So it's the same thing with the clutter. It's just that we're used to it. Right. And we don't think of it in our home as much because we don't have flashing lights or big colorful signs. Yeah, so that's why they are often more tired and things like that. And we can reverse that and they feel freedom after. That is fascinating. I definitely need to have more of a conversation with you about this. (laughs) That would be a pleasure. So how could people get in touch with you if they would like to find out more about working with you? 
if they want to get in contact with me, the easiest way. So this is a little program that is 30 day and it's taking one action every single day. Okay. And the first couple actions are pretty simple. And as long as people advance, it's become a bit more challenging. So they can go at try.dowellht.com forward slash challenge 30. And they will get my ebook in bonus of the challenge and with other bonus and all that for $47. So it worked way like $299. <laughs> <laughs> and I lit it for 47. It came with a private Facebook community just for them where they can post and I can answer their question and all of it. Wow. That's very generous. Thank you so much, Valerie. It's been really great chatting with you today. Thank you for being a guest on The Right Connection. It was a pleasure. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for listening today. I hope you found some inspiration for your creativity. Please join me next time for more on how words and stories enhance your business to create the right connection. Thanks for listening to The Right Connection. If you have a question for Catherine, reach out to her by sending her an email, Catherine at CatherineBurrowsCreative.com or visit her website, CatherineBurrowsCreative.com. And don't forget to follow Catherine on social media. Until next time, thanks again for listening to The Right Connection.